There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. The choice of a lawyer is important and shouldn't be based on an ad. If you're seriously hurt in an accident, you'll want all the money you deserve. That's called justice. But there wouldn't be lawyers if justice was easy. No, justice is not easy. It's fought for and it's won. At Brown and Crouppen, we fight for justice every day. If you want some, call 222-2222. Because at Brown and Crouppen, justice is our business. Put our golf where our mouths are. Now. The Ryan Kelly Morning After. KPN-TFM. HD2. I'm hurt. Girl, you look so sexy. Saw you coming through the top. Oh, baby. Such a fine lady. Talking and your voice is deep. Oh, baby. Did you hear me moaning through the wall? No, I didn't. Yeah, I thought the door was open. You could hear me moaning? Yeah, I thought I thought you were done. Why are you I... moaning? Mm-hmm. Oh. So now I know I can't do that. You can't moan in there anymore. No, there shouldn't be a reason to. Do you like it when a guy says, listen to my urine stream through the wall? No. I did hear the flush, though. Guys yeah. don't have to say it. We hear it anyway. <laughs> we don't need a heads up on that. Welcome to the Ryan Kelly Morning After. We're in the Michelob Ultra Studios, and we can be seen on YouTube.com slash T-M-A-S-T-L. Mm. Subscribe to it. And uh, you can talk to Dewey. Doug, is that Dewey? L11228? I don't know who that is. Just signed Rich Hill. That's five fewer losses by not having to face <laughs> Kind of like this Dewey Rich L. How old is Rich Hill? Uh, I think he appears with the Padres, if I'm not mistaken. I think Wainwright turns 42 today. Yeah, happy birthday. Biff texted and said Ood got stage fright. She was ready to talk, and then all she could say was her name when it came to... I was learning how to pronounce, have you ever been with a woman in French? Mm. So that was going to be really fun. Yeah. She's a bartender and afraid to talk? Yeah. Well, Apparently. We had a singer who was afraid to sing, so we've yeah. covered it all on this program. Mm-hmm. Oh, goody, the car story. Never heard that one before, Pawpaw. That's from Flocky the Smurf. Well, don't worry about what I talk about when I'm talking about a sponsored dumbass. Oh, gosh. Gosh. You don't you don't want to go someplace that you feel comfortable and you're not stressed out when you take your car in? I do. I like going to Munganess. Stlosacker.com and AltonToyota.com. Mm-hmm. I like going to Design Air. That's what we have for the email of the day, the sponsor of the email of the day. Uh, send yours in the morning after at InsideSTL.com. What a day to go to family golf. Mm. Oh, boy. Now, what would you do? Would you just grab You'd the do a little of everything. Yeah. You'd hit a little off the, out of the range and then maybe yeah, double play decker. A, a putt a little bit. Yeah. I may do it today. I think I'm going to play a par three. I was going to go yesterday and I just said, uh, I'm just going to drive up the Normandy and putt. I like that par three course. But then I like going to the little chipping area and just, there's a bench right there. Get 10 or 15 chips and sit there and relax a bit. Get up, do a little putting, get to the sand trap. Smoke. Yeah, go up to the patio, have a <laughs> Yeah, beer, back down bar and grill. Yeah. See some great instructors. Bobby Gauss is there. Oh. Bobby Gauss is my boy. There you go. What do you mean your boy? He's my boy. I've known Bobby for 20 plus years. Family Golf Online. I mean, you say he's your boy. Familygolfonline.com. 
I'm Does that sure mean there's some sort of relationship? I'm sure he would say that Iggy's my boy, too. Well, uh, Ryan Kelly's on hold, and he is my boy. That's what uh, I decided. Good morning, Ryan okay. Kelly. Ryan! What? Are you guys? Sorry, I nodded out a little bit. Oh, 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 oh Iggy. <laughs> I mean, you're jumping in now. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Iggy stands up for the sponsor. There you go, yeah. Sure. I want to go climbing with you sometime. I don't um, think you could survive it. Yeah, if you're if you're interested in climb for the kids at Art Hill, Iggy will be with you. <laughs> no, my flight is stopped. Start down at the uh, Grand Basin Lake. Right. Work all the way up to the statue of St. Louis. Imagine yeah. that. Ryan, if we you and I did it together, it'd be. We go up one flight of steps, and we rest, then we go down the flight of steps, and we rest and have lunch. He'd wind up having to, to carry have, you. <laughs> We'd have to have some smoke breaks in there. You know, we could get up a flight of stairs. You could puff on a square. Go up another flight of stairs, something like that, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. What are you doing today? Oh, We're wonder- I mean, it's fine. a glory. It's a beautiful day. Absolutely perfection. Sure is. I'm sitting here at 1600 South Brentwood Boulevard, staring out the window at blue skies, and uh, already a packed parking lot at Whole Foods. Wouldn't you know? Yeah. Out there at Whole Foods yesterday, returning a metric cover. food all the time, but that parking lot is always jam-packed. Oh. Well, I am leaving in 30 days for our ninth annual Climb for the Kids. Super excited about that. Nine years ago, we started this initiative of going up and climbing Mount Rainier to raise money for friends of kids with cancer. And over the last nine years, we've summited some incredible mountains all around the world. We've been up to Alaska. We've been down to South America twice. And I think the most important part of that is we have raised hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars for children battling life-threatening disease. It's a lot of money that we've been able to raise over these years by just going out, putting in the work, and climbing mountains. And it's definitely impacted and changed lives of children that really need it the most. Shout out to all the listeners and everybody that's donated over the years, because without you, none of that is possible. None of that matters. And um, so many of our listeners here have opened up their wallet graciously, five, 20, hundred bucks, you know, just it's so overwhelming. So just a big thank you to all the listeners who have donated to our climb for the kids over the years. In 30 days, we're heading to the Grand Canyon. So uh, Grand Canyon, not the tallest mountain we've ever done, that's for sure. But we put together quite the challenge. We are going to go rim to rim to rim. So that means we're going to start, start on the south rim, hike our way all the way down, all the way along the furnace, along you know the bottom of the canyon. I like that, Doug, the furnace. And then back up to the north yeah. rim. And that itself is a huge feat, and people train for six months for that. You've got to be in great shape to do the rim-to-rim, south rim to the north rim of the Grand Canyon. But we're not going to stop there. We're going to camp overnight, and then we're going to turn around and come all the way back. So that's called the rim-to-rim-to-rim challenge. And uh, definitely need to be in the best shape of your life to uh, get through that. Grueling miles and a lot of elevation gain up and down. So the date... It's going to be September 25th and 26th. Super excited for a ninth annual climb for the kids, the Grand Canyon, rim to rim to rim. I'll tell you, if you're at your office already or if you have a good memory, you could go online right now to climbforthekids.com. That's climbforthekids.com. You can read about our um, climb that's coming up. You can read about our previous climbs. You can read about our partners, and this year I'm super excited to let everybody know 
every dollar I raise on this climb will go directly to a good friend of mine, Alec Ingram, who lost his battle with cancer. Mm-hmm. And that money that I raise will go to the uh, Team Alec Forever Foundation. And I'm super excited to do that. Please take some time today. Visit climbforthekids.com. Learn about our climbs. And if you can, uh, donate a few bucks. 100% of your donations will go directly to the Team Outlet Forever Foundation. And I'm super pumped for that. So there it is. I'm kind of, Gus, officially rolling it out now and kicking off the campaign, you know, the fundraising campaign. And I'm just thanking all the listeners over the years that have donated. And please check out our climbforthekids.com site and learn more about the Ingram Foundation forever. And um, I'll leave it there, man. You know you know where to go if you want a mortgage. You want to cash out refinance? I'm sitting here right now by Hayden, and he's ready to take your call. He's ready to work up some options. If you're thinking about buying a home, get you pre-approved today. Let's look at payment. So got you taken care of on all the mortgage stuff. And thank you again for everybody that's donated. Check out climbforthekids.com. Thanks, boys. There he is, the great Ryan Kelly, ninth annual Climb for the Kids. He's online at thehomeloanexpert.com. Get involved on the program. That is 314-881-TMA5, the EDF group text inbox. You are also welcome to call in like Ryan did, 636-900-4TMA. We've only taken calls from uh, listeners in Paris today. So far, yeah. Uh, so let's see if we can talk to some people uh, maybe in uh, – where would you want to hear from next? Uh, I guess maybe a, a Kiwi. Oh, you know, so like New that. Zealand, yeah, Oceania, that region. Oceania. <laughs> yeah, I reach out to some of my friends in Jamaica if they want to call in. Or yeah. What do you have down there that would call in? England. I can see if Kevin wants to call in from England. Well, sure. Reach out to him. Let's, um, I'm not – I know Ryan has talked about how high a peak he's gone – is seven is seventy five hundred feet a big peak? Uh, I I wouldn't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. I was gonna say maybe as an extra, we can go to Jamaica and climb the Blue Mountains. It depends on the altitude, I would say, because some peaks yeah. are probably easier to climb than other because of the amount of oxygen that you have to breathe. Now the Blue Mountains would be a different climb. I mean, he's well, going up cliffs. The Blue Mountains would be basically your. You're hiking. You have to go up 75, 8,000 feet, but you're going through trails and bushes and things you like that. You said 7,500 feet? Yeah. I, I see Mount Everest is 29,000 feet. Bill. Did he climb Everest? Uh, no, but just as a perspective, that's the tallest mountain in the world. Yeah, Blue Mountain's really not technically a mountain. It is, but it's not. You're and going up. You go up there and you get coffee that's already in cans. You don't have to use your uh, things you spikes on your shoes and that you're just kind of you're basically hiking but that's how the coffee grows in jamaica on the trees it grows in the cans yeah you just go pick the cans (laughs) isn't that convenient no wonder it's considered so good they come in bags you can't buy it in a can this isn't folgers good that'll last her up i was like (laughs) when i asked mrs olsen what makes it so good what was her answer I don't remember. It's the richest kind. You really didn't answer. It's the richest kind. Why is it so rich? You didn't answer the question. Well, don't be mad at what Mrs. What makes soldiers so good? It's the richest kind. She was just an actress in the commercial. So, yeah, it'd be a different climb. It'd be a hike. But it'd be a fun hike. Well, unless you're really ready to do that, you can't do that. You won't make it. No, you got to be in shape. Yeah. And Ryan's in shape. But I think it'd be a different challenge for him instead of, you know, where you have to, like, take your metal spike and hit it into the rock and then put your spikes into the thing and you'd basically be hiking up hills and around trees and things like that hiking around trees
And you're going to worry about the Rastas who are going to kill you because they think you're up there stealing their ganja. There's Rastas up there? Rastafarians. Yeah. And they would kill you? Yeah. I, I told you we got lost in the in Kingston one day. We took a, a day journey with a jeep and got lost in the ganja fields. And we came back. In they, the fields? Yeah. And they told we're us. just driving around open fields? We got lost. We were just going to go see Bob Marley stuff and tough gong music and studio and we got lost up in the ganja fields and they said you're lucky because if those guys see strangers in the field they just shoot you and throw really? you in the woods oh that's why going overseas scares me i'm gonna do something stupid or what i think is fun and it's gonna get me in trouble well, you could make Always a wrong turn in our in our city here and get in trouble too. <laughs> For sure, but I am aware of that. I, I'm already knowing. I, I yeah. know that information. Sometimes, if you're learning it on the fly in the country, it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is a bad area. I'll put it on my trip advisory review. Yeah. yeah I Can you text it. me when he stops talking, Doug? That's from <laughs> Chairman Stephen Wilder. Oh. Well, Are we providing that service now? No, Is that keep, like on the app? I'm going to keep talking so you can go ahead and turn your radio off. Oh, he's trying to chase listeners away now. Um, no, he, will... he said he doesn't want to listen until I'm talking. So, I mean, I talk a lot during the show, so I guess you don't listen much. I think it would be fun to have a setting like your least favorite character on the show, once they stop talking, get a notification on your phone. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> hey, Doug is now talking. Be a lot of <laughs> notifications from 10 to 11 on one of ESPN. Yeah, there'd be a lot of people not listening from 7 to 10 if they heard the Iggy, Iggy Geiger counter go up. Iggy, Iggy, Iggy. Turn it off. Put that off. <laughs> uh, I was saying, I the Jamaican it. outlaws who roam the ganja fields are known to kidnap tourists and Gatesworth them. That's from Chris Raby. No, not Gatesworth them. Just kill them. Gatesworth. Raby also sent a text at 823. Imagine how technology's improved for perverts. When Ken was being a creep back in the roaring 20s, he had to use one of those giant cameras with the light bulbs that exploded after each shot. <laughs> Put your head over a little black cover. There. Look good. into it. Tell everybody not to move. Hey, it's like having a picture. Imagine taking pictures of your food and you're getting all that dust and that fluorescent all over your food. Steve has issued a, a statement saying, I'm listening, I'm just not paying attention. Mm. Have you seen pictures Kinda of like old, when you call in. old baseball mm. games where the photographers are right there by yeah. the batter's box? how about that deal? They're like five feet away from the guy hitting? How many of them you think got hit with foul balls? Before they said, maybe we ought to back God, off you'd have to think bit. at least six, right? At least six. Six per game, probably. I mean, they were right on the field. I think in the old days, the umpires uh, had a chair. They sat by the backstop behind the catcher and sat in a chair. Really? I think so. Uh, Doug, good news. Mr. Licks is on hold, and he wants to give his thoughts. Uh, yeah, okay. Mr. Licks. Oh, hello, Licks. We love text way more. <laughs> oh. It, but it's it, a press conference Wednesday. Hit the button there, Plowsy. Yeah, I got you. I'll He's make on. your questions to other people in the dais because I'm not talking to you. So. Oh. Hello, Licks. Uh, hey guys, it will give you a good break. It seems like you've been talking all morning. Oh, <laughs> gosh. And um, but anyways, I, I I'm like so ecstatic right now. Why? What's on your mind? I I had the most amazing morning. I ran in. I met. This is serious. I met a prominent sports figure. Who'd you meet this morning? This morning. Who'd you meet? Well, I'm gonna get to it. Um, <laughs> but. I am on like four hours of sleep, and you wouldn't know it. I'm so excited. Okay. 
You want us to ask I, you who you met, and then when I ask you, you wouldn't tell us. Well, I'm getting to it. Well, get I'm to it now. Excitement. So, uh, all right. Well, first off, I, I went to bed at like 2 a.m. last night. So I had to put together a Barbie dream house. And um, it's my daughter's birthday today, so I had to do that. I had to go out to a Wentzville Target because apparently it's the only friggin' place in town that has one. Um, and there's a lot of people, there's a lot of Fords out there. And <laughs> do they know how annoying it is? To, to like drive you, a Ford? <laughs> An American-made car? When you have a Ford, like, I don't know what the models are, but the one that looks like a cop car, it's like everyone out there looks like a cop when they're driving behind you. Oh, okay. That's like so annoying. A lot of F-150s um, out that way. Yeah, a lot of unnecessary trucks out that way, no, for sure. I don't know how Unnecessary um, trucks. <laughs> I think I'm with licks on this. Everybody's driving a truck these days. A lot of people are anyway. Nobody using the hauling mechanism. Though. No, Actually. my dad drove an unnecessary truck. For a bit. <laughs> Everybody has. Never heard this man. term, unnecessary truck. Is that a common term? He didn't haul a damn thing, but he, he drove it. A lot of the a lot of the Cardinals have big ass trucks. Yeah, they do. Are those unnecessary trucks? Probably. A lot of people who can afford to buy anything have big souped up trucks. Yeah, They're sweet are, rides. They are sweet. Mm -hmm. You feel safe sweet. for sure. They're weird to drive though. If you're not used to driving a truck, in terms of like the weight distribution, yeah. like that, it is weird. Until well, Marcelo Zuna go to a farm. Didn't Marcelo Zuna show up in a Maserati one spring training? I think so. He wouldn't have been the only one. And yeah, Carpenter probably the only one that did utilize his because he has a country yeah. boy at heart for sure. Texas boy. Okay, continue yeah. on with this little story of yours. Another side note. Hey, Bearcat, you don't need to go to the fan page with every little thought that <laughs> enters your brain. Okay. <laughs> Iggy, are you on board here? I mean, that's is it the enemy of my enemy, my friend? I, I don't, I'm not on the fan page. So I don't really care who <laughs> no. posts on there. Well, yeah, Iggy, you're quote unquote not on the fan page, but let me fill you in on what he he posted. Like segment two played instead of segment one yesterday for like two seconds, and he felt the need to go and tag poor Plowsy and say, "Hey, what segment played before another segment? You should fix that." It's like, dude, get a life. And I was fixing it at the time I saw the post. I had the great, I was telling Tim beforehand, the great Craig Rutledge in here. Phenomenal. You call him Rut. Phenomenal so Jennings would call him. So he fixed the issue because our computer, some of the segments are too long. Our computer doesn't register it. And it flipped to segment two. So, yeah. And it wasn't angry or aggressive. So I was very thankful that it was a, a nice beer cat's post. Where are you? I was well, able was, to explain well, my situation. Well, you're a saint. It was, it was pointless. Okay. It was a pointless post. And I call I call him Rut. I do like that, Rut. <laughs> I love Rut, man. Might be one of my favorite people. But he fixed it, right, so yeah, well, we won't have that. Anyways, I'll, I'll get to the I'll get to the get, who I met. And Jackson, you probably don't know this person. I ran into Wayne Gretzky at the front action <laughs> Oh, did you really? That's kind of funny. Yeah. How he, not Jackson wouldn't know. Uh, number ninety nine. Ian, you saw him this morning? Yes. I, I'm like, I can't believe it. I, I'm, like, so excited. And we, so I took my daughter there because it's her birthday, and so we're, I'm get, letting her pick out whatever donut she wants, you know, and we're standing there by ourselves, and he walks up right behind me. I get chills, like goosebumps, and I'm kind of shocked. I didn't know what to say. I, I just said, are you Wayne Gretzky? 
And he said, I am. And then it was, it was just silent because I didn't know what to say. It was really awkward. Well, you're, um, you're an adult. If you, <laughs> the, the guy is the greatest hockey player of all time. You got to ask him, are you Wayne Gretzky? Dude, he is a very nice gentleman, though. So yeah, you did get lucky with the athlete that you introduced yourself to because Wayne is a, a saint. He is, yeah. That's what I've heard. That's why, that's why I said I was nervous, Iggy. I mean, I've never met someone like that before. That is uh, a big besides, meet, though. He's the greatest hockey player of all time. That's a pretty big meet. I wonder if that's one of the reasons he lives here, is that he can go to the front net schnooks and nobody bothers him. Except People have to time. ask him who he is. I imagine in Canada he couldn't go much of anywhere without being surrounded. It was crazy because, like, the only other people at the time in the schnooks were, like, you know, 50 to 60-year-old moms, and none of them, like, even looked at him. I, I like, couldn't stop staring at the guy. So anyways, he said I am. It was silence for a little bit. And uh, I didn't know what to say, so I, I started thinking about live. And, um, oh, no. Live. Okay. Let's go. Yeah. So, oh, that's smart. <laughs> I said, I said, you know, your son-in-law should be on the Ryder Cup team. What the hell? Excuse my language. And um, You were trying to curry his favor. That's pretty good. Yeah. He said, he said I know, right? And um, he said, meanwhile, my daughter's, like, all over the donuts and he's trying to pick out some glazed donuts and i kept telling her like get out of the way yeah and she wasn't listening um and so he said it's pretty stupid what they did and you'd think they would pick the best players and clearly that's not what they're doing huh. I, I i was like yeah i i don't understand how is dj not on the team would, um, would Wayne Gretzky be the biggest celebrity currently living in St. Louis? Wow, 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 I can't imagine who would be bigger as far as no that would you call Tim, curating? You are too humble. Yeah. Nikki Glazer. Oh. <laughs> I agree with you, Alex. Thank you for saying it. I mean, Nikki, Nikki Glazer? That's uh, Iggy's answer. Marcus Allen, but is, is he St. Louis? Uh, Marcus adjacent? Allen has moved on. Oh, has he? Okay. Yes. Sorry, I didn't know. Yeah, but still, I would put Gretzky ahead of Marcus Allen. Yeah, Ham doesn't live here. I would put Gretzky ahead of Ham. Yeah. I mean, John Goodman doesn't live here. Joe Buck is probably up there. Buck is the closest, I would say, but I still, I mean. Costas doesn't from, live here anymore. I would bet from St. Louis people, they would say Ozzy is a bigger star than Gretzky. What about Brett Hall? I, I, I don't think so. On a national Iggy, scale. Iggy, hey, wait, wait, can I pause the show? Iggy, not a single person on earth would say that. Okay? <laughs> I don't think Cardinal fans would. Jeez. There'd be some Cardinal fans who wouldn't know much about There's Wayne Gretzky. There's great Cardinal fans that don't even know who Gretzky is. There could you be. You think so? Well, maybe know of him, but wouldn't know him if, just like Lex had to ask if he was... If you're Gretzky. talking about the people that live in your apartment complex, sure. I'll yeah. give you that. That's funny. They don't know a baseball player. So, did well, you get his number? How did right, they... Well, so this... I'll, I'll get... A little more to the point, which that was part of the point, is that I got minutes. to talk to him about DJ, which was really cool. <laughs> and um, he's, I, he said, you guys having a good day? I said, yes, my daughter's birthday, actually. And he told my daughter happy birthday. Oh. She could care less. Yeah. And I can't believe it. And so, anyways, he so he was wearing, like, fuzzy slippers. And, like, he was still wearing his jammies. His jammies? Um, jammies. You could tell he just, well, like, he just, you, he pretty much just rolled out of bed, um, which is fine. He could do whatever he wants. But I didn't, 
feel like I should be asking for a picture, so I did not ask for a picture. Did I screw up? Should I have asked for a picture? If you had asked... If his daughter, if your daughter could get a picture, yes. he, has, he has said sure. That's sure. right. Doug is right, Mr. Licks. Uh, well, that's what I was gonna do, but he, like, his hair was crazy. He, you could tell, like, he literally walked out of bed yeah. to get some donuts. I felt, I don't know, I felt bad. Well, he may have appreciated you not asking for a picture then. Yeah. You're right. I think you're right, Doug. I think he appreciated that. Although, even that's if you're, even with. if you're the greatest hockey player in the history of the sport. You're still just a normal guy. You still like donuts yeah. at Schnooks. Trying to get a couple glazes in the morning. Yeah. just like every other day. You're not always wearing a suit and looking your best. Did you tell him how much money you have? What? Did you compare <laughs> balance sheets with Gretzky? No. Uh, Iggy, don't... Sometimes you try to be funny, and it, it falls so flat. Oh. You should know that. This whole story is, and I asked him about live golf. I guarantee you, you did a conversation ever happened. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> you got him. I mean, you lie so much. I mean, we can't believe anything you say. I, I could not possibly make this up. Yeah, you this could. could you just very did. a weird thing to make up. Yeah, you just happened to not get a picture, so... That was the whole I point of the story. The whole point of the story was out. to say, I didn't want to get a picture because his hair was messed up, just to prove that you can't prove that this happened, but you want to cover yourself. Why do we care if you got a picture with him? Hmm. Oh, you're done, Happy, happy birthday okay, to your dog, Okay, don't though. send him off right. on this. No, no. he's gone. Oh, no. Oh, you oh, cut no, him he's off. Still there. He's still there. Do <laughs> you want to say goodbye? Any final thoughts, Lex? Oh, yeah. Yeah, hey, well, I, I do want to say DJ should have been on the Ryder Cup. Yeah, and I, okay. and should have Bryson. Yeah, what kind of year do you have? <laughs> it's embarrassing that they're not. I, Zach Johnson's a tool. I, like, what an idiot. How can you put Justin Thomas on the Ryder Cup? He just shot 81-82. His friend, probably. Oh, yeah, it's a buddy. Yeah, Keegan Bradley kind of hinted at that with his statement yesterday. Love that, dude. I don't, yeah. I don't get it either. Why you wouldn't just say these guys had the these best the year best they're on the team? Don't give captains picks. I'm just done with it. I'm done with... Justin Thomas's round, uh, for a lot of people who might not have been paying attention to the Ryder Cup, will be paying attention to how that goes. Because mm -hmm. he has had a dreadful year. I think I always thought he was hurt. This isn't a pro-live take. It's, a, it's just an observation on the year he had. I'm surprised he made the team. Yeah, but to the caller's point. Uh, if, <laughs> to the caller, I like that. <laughs> if, if Justin Thomas isn't on the team, then Keegan Bradley's on the team, Glover's on the team, it wasn't going to be Dustin Johnson or DeChambeau. Well, don't get upset by that. That's nothing to be <laughs> mad about. I'm not. You turned your head in disgust after making that statement. one of those two other than JT, but JT's not on somebody else other than somebody from Live. Lucky hey, when, when is someone going to hold Peacock uh, accountable for the lack of Leah Lindley coverage? <laughs> we're real tired of that. Oh, we're I thought you were taking a shot at Dave, Dave Peacock. Peacock. No, we're oh. talking about the Peacock no. streaming service? No, it was a shot at me. That's right. I tweeted out That's that right. I mean, the girl's in second place. You, a shot you, tweeted, you tweeted something out at Peacock? I said, how can you have this on? Attraction. How can you have this on TV? Leah Lindley is in second place, a shot of the lead, and you actually showed three of her shots all day. You well, posted you really a blurry picture of your TV screen with some random caption. Well, you know, I'll just block like you so you don't have to see like me it. anymore. How about that? Block game. Yeah, I really worry about my likes on my Twitter account.
You do. You said you delete posts if they don't get enough likes, so you directly do care about it, actually. No, if I think it's a stupid post, it makes no sense. After I post it, eh, it really makes no sense. I'll get rid of it. I didn't delete the Lita one, did I? Doug, did he delete the... I didn't see it. Lita Lindley post of Peacock. No. I don't track it that closely. Um, Why don't you tweet out to everybody that you met Wayne Gretzky and ask, are you Wayne Gretzky? Why don't you tweet that out? Well, I'm still going to be positive about it. I'm very excited. Uh, Tim, if you could put him in touch with me and uh, we could redo the picture thing because that's going to eat at me for the rest of my life. All right. And um, then uh, I think that's it. Should I give a shout-out to Rutt? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, shout out Rutt, man. Next time I play golf in that Boone Valley, I'll mention shout you. Shout out Rutt. Shout out Rutt and uh, uh for your uh, daily uh, excellence. Thank you very much. That's how the call should start. It's obvious that the man has a lot of money. <laughs> it's not yeah. like he was on a construction site, didn't it? Yeah, he probably, very busy. Yeah, he's probably building another skyscraper. Maybe I'll send him a picture. No, he's in a concrete that, truck. The time that... Gretzky and uh, Hall and I played golf out at Boone Valley. Just the three of you. No, I believe Jay was there too. I'm trying to think of who you the played with. Was. Jennings, Hall, and '99. No, I know that Jay and Jay I and Hall played. Um, she forgot if Gretzky was there. No, Gretzky. I played with Gretzky and Hall at uh, Boone Valley. I can't think of who who's the a better player. Was. Hall, right? Hall's yeah. a great player. Oh yeah, he bombs it. No, what he? were you? What were you doing in that foursome? Well, because <laughs> at, the, at the time I was part of the Brett Hall show. On 590, and Gretzky came in town when he moved here. He was living at the uh, Ritz. He just walked down the street and come sit in on the show, and we were playing golf. But uh, I know Jay, me, and Hull played at uh, Lake Forest. But I don't know if Jay was part of the one at Boone Valley. I don't know. If I'll send you the picture, Lex, and you can jerk off to it. Oh, Doug. why would you say that? Did you say that? Doug, 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 I don't know. Plowhawk's going to the dump button. Yeah, yeah. I, we've, we've said that many times. So <laughs> we've told Mr. Lutz mm. to masturbate many times. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got S- Steve guy calls in all the time and talks Steve about masturbating. Guy. On his couch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the chairman, and now he's. Yeah. You would never say that, Fred guy, the chairman. Uh, yeah, Ridley, would. Would you? yeah, just to get under his skin. I knew it was good for you. Just to knock him down a peg. <laughs> I'm the chairman. <laughs> chairman Ridley. Uh, Doug, uh, Alexis Strauss is the daughter of the great Joe Strauss, and she got to hear that whole thing, and what a treat that had to be for her. Good morning, Alexis. Good morning. How are you guys? Were you, were you impressed with the uh, the conversation? Um, I'm going to be honest. I was half paying attention. Nice. But, oh. Clip that off. Just like all the listeners. Join the crowd. <laughs> clip, clip that off. <laughs> Alexis, it's wonderful to hear from you. And uh, Doug, she is, uh, I assume, right now in Kansas City. Maybe I'm off the mark. I am. So due to some opportunities I came up with work, I am doing grad school online right now. And I am still holding my job. So I apparently don't know what a work-life balance is or what sleep is, but... Um, yeah, I'm having a great time. Yeah, how about that? Oh, sleep is overrated. Absolutely. Well, when you're, what are you now, 20, Doug, I'll say 20, what do you want to say, 26? Uh, okay. Uh, 26. Yes. Yeah. Okay. 26 years old. That's that's the time to maximize 
you know, getting out and enjoying yourself all while. Yeah, you might be working. But I, I've decided this. I've said it before. I think Alexis is going to be president. So, you know, she needs to enjoy herself. Of the right United now. States. President of the United States. I'll be darned. President of the United States. Okay. Yeah. Well, we better save this interview then. That's correct. We can say we had a president on <laughs> yeah. following Mr. Uh, Lix's call of meeting Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know about that, but <laughs> uh, Alexis, uh, we, we wanted to uh, have you on uh, to promote. I'll tell you, people, it's a, it's a regular occurrence. I feel like monthly, uh, someone will make reference to missing your father, and in particular this year with the Cardinals, but certainly the Rams debacle. Uh, how your dad would have written about the Blues run, uh, Cardinal stories over the years, and so. You know, even though he's been gone, uh, his legacy lives on, and uh, you continue to help keep his legacy living throughout the St. Louis area with what you and the uh, Cardinals are doing. And uh, it's coming up once again here in the next few days. Let the audience know what we have going on. Yeah, thank you. So uh, September, uh, can't speak today. September third, we're going to have our eighth annual Join for Joe uh, Bow Marrow Drive during the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals game and we partner with St. Louis Baseball Writers Association and Be the Match for this event and we're so happy that the Cardinals are a continuous support for us and let us have the venue and space to put on this event. Um, they're great partners as well for this but uh, the whole point is to expand the bone marrow registry uh, exclusively through Be the Match. Be the Match is the largest and most diverse bone marrow registry uh, in the world. And so we felt it, they're just the perfect partner for us, given the type of event we wanted to do. And we've been doing this with them for eight events now. So with that being said, uh, we'll be having a table and a tent like we do every year and Ford Plaza during the game uh, will be from when the gates open to about one hour into the game. And We'll just be there sort of informing people about why the bone marrow registry is so important, why we're out there that day, um, and why this event is so special to us. Uh, this event has grown substantially since our first year doing it. It makes nothing but me, like, just over the moon happy. Uh, it's been a great success, and I just want to keep growing it. And uh, I love meeting people and hearing their stories and hearing their questions. And I love it when people just come up to me and tell me their stories about how cancer has affected them. Um, I think people don't realize uh, every day how cancer touches all of our lives. It's in, in every shape and form, right? So my case being leukemia with my dad, but there's so many other types of blood cancers and various other forms of cancers and um it's just great to see a community rally together and come together for just such a great cause so uh we'll be out there again september 3rd and post-covid world we live in well still around but the post-covid world of how we had to shift this event during uh the pandemic we don't swab people on site. So to join the registry, you just do a simple cheek swab in the four corners of your mouth, and that's all it takes to see if you are a match with someone who's waiting on the registry. So we won't swab you on site, but there's a link you can text and get sent to your phone, or you can go on the Be The Match website uh, through our special event link and get a kit sent to your home that way. Um, I We'll either post it on the fan page or I'll get the information to Tim to post. But um, that's how you get a kit sent to your home. And, again, you just do a simple cheek swab, send it back in, and then you sort of just wait to see if there's a call, if you're a potential match for someone. 
Um, I always like to tell people I am the biggest wimp when it comes to needles and anything like that. And I did the swab for my dad uh, when we were trying to find him a match. I was lucky enough to be a match for him. So was his sister. But it's interesting, about 70% of people who have a form of blood cancer or a cancer that requires a bone marrow transplant um, don't have a match in their family or a family member who's willing to be tested to be a match. So that's the importance of this registry that we're trying to grow. And, I mean, I went through the testing to be a match for my dad, and we had options, and it was something, no question, I would have done in a heartbeat. So uh, I'm so passionate about this. I love the continued support I get from not only people on the fan page, but people who are at the game and come up to us during the event. And I am so grateful. And I think it's a great way to continue my dad's legacy. I think of him every day and, you know, it's different. I think of him in different ways now that I'm older and 26 and I did when I was in college, but um, it's, I find him in little things I do every day. And, you know, this is the best way to honor his legacy. And I have a great team to help with that. So. Amen. It's a great thing you're doing. Uh, I know our audience misses your father and uh, the tribute that you continue to uh, pay to him and the baseball writers, Alexis, continue to do as this has grown. That is a, uh, that's a great thing. And as I always say, uh, he would be incredibly proud of the work you have done and the lady you are and have become. And uh, I know our audience loves hearing from you and supporting anything that uh, has your dad's name on it. So thank you so much for taking time out of your morning. As you said, I know you're very busy, but uh, the audience will love to continue to support this. Once again, be the match. Uh, Join for Joe, Joe Strauss and uh, Alexis Strauss here on the program, letting us know all about it. Great to hear from you, Alexis. Thank you. Yeah, great to hear from you guys, too. I'm excited to be back in St. Louis, even if it's just for Labor Day weekend. And my mom is flying in Friday. We're going to drive over together, so I'm excited. That's awesome. Alexis, great to hear from you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day, guys. Take it easy, you too. That's Alexis Strauss with us here. Join for Joe. That would would be one of the most important things you could ever do in your life is to be a donor and save somebody's life. Yep. Have you, have you, you would seen have those that videos? memory. Yeah, that would really be something to be proud of. I've seen videos where the daughter will walk in to the dad because he didn't want her to, you know, donate, but she wanted to anyways and surprise yeah. him with that. There's videos all over. It's huge. Yeah. It would be a mega accomplishment, man. Yeah. It'd be awesome. I can you imagine if people didn't donate something as simple as blood. I mean, you wouldn't be able to operate on people. Yeah. I have a friend who had a, uh, a heart transplant. And got to meet the the family. Oh, of the is that right? Donated the heart. Yeah. Wow. That's re- yeah. That's pretty powerful stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can do it, uh, I mean, I, I feel like even more so this year, probably because the Cardinals are as bad as they are. People say I really miss Joe Strauss because you know you would get, you know, incredible. I, th- I think I think in a way sometimes there's some revisionist history on who he was a writer and as a broadcaster. Like he was hashtag hold accountable guy. I felt like he kind of held the fan base more accountable than anything, honestly, and and that was the thing that I loved. But that was good because he would blow up narratives that would start to get advanced that were not necessarily rooted in facts, and he didn't give a damn if he pissed people off in doing it. Um, He said Truman down a lot. He did. He uh, cup crazy regarding Mm -hmm. the blues, (laughs) free money, balloon party. Our town was a big thing. Mm -hmm. Our town. Hooterville. Hooterville, very nice. (laughs) Hey, we're better than Chicago. (laughs) Didn't he coin B-fib? 
I think he did. I think he did. I mean, I we always said best fans of baseball, but I think he's the one first one who said B-fibs. The B-fib check-in. That was the oh. first drop I've ever heard, or first time I ever heard Joe Strauss was in the middle of it. He said, oh, the B-fib check-in. Yeah. Love that guy, man. He was yeah. funny as hell. Yeah. Truly a great guy. And there was times he would almost look at us with a skeptical <laughs> eye at, at spring training. Well, he wasn't really a big fan of producer Joe's work with the question of the day, yeah. so he shared that with Chris Carpenter and uh-huh. Yadier Molina. <laughs> Love to jump in on Trainwreck Radio. Oh! That's always... He, he's, he, he almost it sounded like it was like a make-a-wish thing, like he was on. He's like, yeah. all right, let's get the questions out of the way. He would just peer at us when we were sitting on that uh, picnic table. Just a few feet away, he'd just look at us with this... Just this look of despair. Yeah, what he, really he, was watching. he would like lean over the railing and just shake his head. <laughs> that is, I mean, I can, I can picture it. I can actually <laughs> picture it. <laughs> he was uh, upset with us. And I'm telling fellow you, journalist. From, from my standpoint, a show that could have been on forever. I don't know how old Brian Burwell would be now. I guess he would be. Early 60s, right? I would think Early older. Mid 60s, maybe? I think he would probably Early be around 60s. 67. Yeah. Doug, he was born in 1955, <laughs> so 68. 68. Wow. Uh, he, uh, the, sh- the show that we had for a brief time when we were at uh, CBS Sports 920 yep. with Charlie Marlowe running point for Burwell and Strauss, that was a show that could have been on in St. Louis, whatever it would have been. Afternoon Drive is, is where I would have put it if we were still at CBS Sports 920. Uh, was absolutely perfect. Charlie was perfect at that. And he set those guys up, and they had a great relationship. And they also, you know, it's rare. It's just rare in St. Louis, I think, in part because so many people grew up as fans of the teams here because they're from here. Not everybody, but a lot. And it wasn't like we're just going to scream to scream and do the Dan Orlovsky, Stephen A. Smith thing and just hold people accountable. I mean, but they would say things that they didn't really care if, if were, they were popular or not. Uh, they had the credibility to do it. And so it was... It was an outstanding show. From my standpoint, the best show that I guess inside STL directly or indirectly was was responsible for creating. Of course, the exception being the late night score, this, which you've always said oh, yeah. the late night score was First the one pitch. that you. It was groundbreaking. Was that the one to where non-gay had like one of the saves of the year? He had to separate in radio. Them. Like uh, he did have award. to separate them in the parking lot of the Helen Fitzgerald to one. Uh, uh, but didn't he grab didn't like, the mic? She was about to issue. Uh, I believe she was going to uh, recite FDR's speech, mm-hmm. um, but in a grandiose gesture before her Instagram, uh, a look at me thing, which was kind of surprising for her. And, uh, and, and and condemn her show hosts and the nonling Doug. And yeah. you remember he was fast. He ran against producer Joe. Joe yeah. and he would do those push-ups and the nonling using uh-huh. athleticism and grabbed the microphone. And I told Kelly Chase, who was a creator of the late night score, I don't want to give him all the credit. Uh, and I said, can we pull the plug on this? This is getting... Well, the whole premise of the show seemed to be capture background noise at a bar. Correct. Channel 2, as we would call it in the television industry. Nat Sound Pops. Mm -hmm. It was so loud. Like, even when Iggy did the, you know, the AVN, remember when Post Malone, when it almost sounded like it was a live concert out there? Mm -hmm. That was not even half as bad as what some of the clips that I heard from that show. It was literally all bar music. It's like the mics were aimed at everything except the people on the show. You could almost eavesdrop the bar conversations over, like, the Uh show. Like, you could hear that. Like, the show was getting in the way of you listening to, like, conversations. Were Burwell and Strauss in Baltimore at the same time before coming to St. Louis? I don't think Brian was ever in Baltimore. 
I thought he was. He worked with Ken Rosenthal, right? Not Strauss. Strauss, Strauss did. There, there was Rosenthal, Buster Olney, and Strauss, and I feel like there was another one, all covering the Orioles. And Bernie? May, I don't yeah, know if Bernie, Bernie was, was in, in Baltimore. I don't, Bernie was definitely in Baltimore, mm-hmm. but I don't know if he was there at the same time as Joe. Joe was in Atlanta. I think Alexis was born in Atlanta. He's Maybe vice versa, that they started in Atlanta and went to Baltimore. I don't know. You know Brian Burrow was, was Detroit. Was he? Well, I mean, he was everywhere, but he was, he was Detroit. On... I thought he was. I thought he was in Washington. Could be. He was always on that uh, sports reporter show on ESPN with Lupa yeah. oh, yeah. and those guys. And I just figured Absolutely. he was an East Coast guy. He's he, from DC. He was. Su- he was such a great guy. He dealt with some of the most intense racism that I that I'm familiar. I, mean, I can't even imagine. You know what what he can speak to and what people who actually live it uh, experience. But I experienced it when we brought him on at 9:20. And I got racist messages as a white guy because I was hiring Brian Burwell. Going, the hell's life got to be like for you? And he was a great guy. And then we were going to have this uh, this dinner, and we were going to start a tradition. And I called. You know, we were still at I don't know where we were at the time. Probably nine twenty. Uh, so I don't know who I talked to at five ninety. And I remember talking to God. I don't know who I talked to at five fifty. But I remember talking to Haas, who was the program director at one hundred and one. And uh, probably Steve Moore, Tom Ackerman at KMOX. And we were going to have this dinner because at Burwell's uh, memorial service, and there were a lot of... Was Stephen A. Smith, the, you guys were there? I was there, there, yeah. I feel like Stephen A. Smith may have been there. Uh, he may have been. Bill Roden was AJ, there. Jay Adande yeah. was there. Some of the Rams were there. They had a game that night. I think it was a yeah. Thursday, and they had a game that night. And Claiborne which he's 100% right, he goes, the only time we're getting together is for events like this, and it shouldn't be that way. And then Joe stood up to speak, and he couldn't talk, which is the absolute, because he was so emotional, he couldn't talk. It was like the Bill Mazeroski Hall of Fame induction speech. And uh, and that's just not what anybody would think of Joe Strauss, but the thing is, that's who he was. He had the hard exterior, and that's why I really liked him, because I knew he was a good guy. And, uh, you know, oftentimes I think it's kind of the inverse, but in his case, he was not necessarily liked by many at the time, but uh, he was a great guy uh, if you knew him. And so when Joe died almost a year later, maybe a year and change later, I thought, well, let's do this. Let's do what Claiborne talked about, but have a dinner and then give a scholarship in their names. And Alexis and her mom were certainly on board. And then I talked with Brian's widow, uh, Dawn, if I'm not mistaken. His daughter was Victoria. And I kept talking with Victoria, who was honored by it and was so excited by it, but her mom wouldn't get back to me. And then we finally talked, and she said, Tim, I appreciate what you guys are trying to do, but Brian experienced, we experienced so much hatred in St. Louis. It's just not something that we want to, we want to, have there I go well then 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 it's then then I can't be doing it if you don't want it and that is how Joe Strauss's golf tournament came to be because uh because we were going to do this this annual dinner and invite the public and have you know awards and and scholarship in their name uh but uh Burwell's wife uh was just not comfortable with that and she felt like it would kind of be revisionist history of sorts to celebrate him when they know that their experience in St. Louis wasn't a positive one. 
So there we go. There's some inside baseball. Uh, designer heating and cooling email today coming up in about 20 minutes. Send yours in the morning after at InsideSTL.com. This is the Ryan Kelly Morning After.